Hey everyone, welcome to Let's Celebrate. This is a weekly movie review podcast. Each episode we take a look at the movies of 20 years ago. We hope you enjoy our show and encourage you to participate in discussion on social media or email about the episode or any episode you've listened to. If you enjoy listening to us, drop us a review over at iTunes or on your favorite podcast app and share your favorite episode with your friends. I'm Steve. I'm Ryan. And this week we dive into another week of actually doing this in a row. Third week. Third week. No, second. No, no. This is third, isn't it? Because we did Blow. And oh, then yeah, no, yeah, it is third. We, <laughs> okay, so that says something. This We said when we did Blow that Blow was so unforgettable, we'd forgotten completely about it. Three weeks out, we've already forgotten about Blow again. <laughs> no, I remember Blow. I actually forgot Josie. Oh, come on now. You can't forget Josie. <laughs> um, yeah, this week we do... Um, the Crocodile Dundee 3, Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles. Um, eh, that's a good way of putting it. It's kind of, eh. All right, podcast over. Yeah. So I guess the first thing we need to do is kind of talk about where it came out 20 years ago. Um, it came out number four in the week. So it was the top of the new week. The, the new releases that released this week, but that's not saying much because the new releases this week was Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles and Freddy Got Fingered. Yeah, neither of them really no. changed the world. No, they didn't. So, and, and if you consider this, Crocodile Dundee grosses domestically $25 million. How it, did it make that much? It opened at $7.5 million. So, for the rest of its run, 36 weeks, it made, what, 16, or what, $17 million? That's more than it should have made after that first weekend. <laughs> no it should have been one of those movies that made $7 million the first weekend, and then by the end of the run made eleven. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Uh, but again, like I said, it's not like it's competing against anything at all. And No, this is how bad the movie is. It's like it lost to, what, Spy Kids in its fourth week? Uh, Bridget Jones is number one in its, in its, um, what is it, in the second week. Spy mm-hmm. Kids is number two in its fourth, and Along Came a Spider is number three in its third. Yeah, so, I mean, it's not like this lost to, like, Avengers Endgame or Avatar or something. Right, and, I mean, there are some decent movies on the list that have been out for quite some time, like, way down on the list, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou?, which is actually a good movie. But it's I love eight. That movie. Yeah, it's it's in its eighteenth week. Castaway in its eighteenth week. Uh, you know, cast uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon in its twentieth week. So there are some decent movies on the list. It's not like there's nothing there. It's just all the decent movies have been out since you know Christmas time. And the reason they're still on the list is you could either go see Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, or Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles. People yeah. are like, I'll go, I'll go see Crouching Tiger again. I mean, let's put it this way. On the list still at 57th spot on the list is Gladiator in its 51st week. There you go. So, you know, um, it's not like there's horrible movies, but you're right. There's nothing to see at this time of year. But that's kind of a traditional thing, isn't it? This is kind of the dead yeah. time of year. There's like a dumping ground. Like it used to be January, but now they put like a movie out the like Martin Luther King weekend that usually does well. So mm-hmm. now the dumping times are like late April before whatever the big tent toll movie is. So about now mm-hmm. and then um, like Labor Day until about that first week of October. Yeah. The pre-holiday season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
so and and this is the pre the post you know post winter pre summer season where it, you're right it just this is where it gets dumped and and as a matter of fact we've decided against the movie for next week and it was dumped in this specifically because it sucked and it sucked yeah, and so bad that we said for years yeah we it sucked so bad after I watched the preview Ryan told me to watch the preview for it and I did and I was just like yeah we're done we're there's no way we're doing that movie. So yeah, exactly. we're actually going to shift next week out a little bit. We're going to do something a little different um, and and have some fun with that. Town and country is not on the list. So for the one person out there who might possibly have been listening specifically for us to get to episode four, town and country, I'm sorry, but we're not doing that. And wh- who hurts you if you're waiting <laughs> for that? <laughs> is, is your what name Peter Chelsom? I mean, I, is he alive still, Peter Chelsea? I don't know. I don't even. I, I don't know anything about him. I don't know how that. Like most of the people in that cast are still alive, and they were old twenty years ago. I know they were. The only one that's not alive is Gary Shandling. Yeah, and he was. He seemed like one of the youngest ones twenty years ago. Yeah. Um, but about this movie, I mean, I you okay, know, so- we're supposed to talk about plot synopsis, but is there a plot? Okay, the plot is, remember when I went to New York in the first movie and that was a popular movie and people liked it and it made money and I was nominated for an Oscar? Let's do that again, but let's go to the West Coast this time, Mm -hmm. but have no jokes, no character development, no plot, no, like, building on anything that happened before. Well, and, and let's make sure we remind people 74 times... You hit they hit you over the head with it. Remember that time I was in New York? Well, that time when I was in New York. When I went to New York, this happened. Yeah. <laughs> this was and I told you this ahead of time or when we talked the other day. This to me felt like a movie that they tried so hard to get you to remember the first movie. And they did a pretty good job of it because I did remember a lot of the stuff from the first movie. And I actually brought up a question to you, which you said you had stuff to talk about today about it. Was the first movie good? Or am I remembering it wrong? I don't know. So here's my analogy. So say that you get like a good burger from someplace. So like maybe, you know, not the greatest burger, but like someplace that's pretty tasty, like a Five Guys. Okay, I go to Five Guys. I get a burger. It's, it's, It's pretty good. That's Crocodile Dundee 1. Okay. You know, it's good. It's not like a steak or anything like that, but it's a good burger. It's okay. It, it wanted to be a burger. It was a burger. It was a good burger. That's the first one. The second one is if you had it in the fridge overnight and you had a little bit left, so you put it in the microwave. It's it's still okay, but it's not really that great. But it's do it's passable. This one is if you forgot it, like it fell behind the refrigerator. <laughs> And you're like, oh yeah, the Five Guys burger, and it has mold on it. I like Five it. Guys. Yeah, it has mold on it. I probably a rat had like gone to the bathroom on it at some point, and you pick it up and eat it. That's the third one. See, that's pretty harsh because here's the thing: this movie was bad, but I honestly can't hate this movie. The longer I've gotten away from it, the more I can. Well, that's because you can't get away from it. Like <laughs> you sit in the kitchen and and you're just like. You're doing the dishes, and all of a sudden you're like, remember that time in Crocodile Dundee? Fuck me! <laughs> I'm just, no, I'm like, 
I really hated that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? I don't have a strong feeling for it, one way or the other, because I don't... Yeah, it was very Gentile. It was yeah. very, you know... It was just a gentle movie. It was sweet. There was no, um, like, I, I don't even know the word for it, but, like, you know, at the time, the gross-out humor or the insulting humor. It wasn't that. It was just a very nice movie. Yeah. It was. And it, it was a movie that I couldn't, you know, Paul Hogan, Crocodile Dundee, at no point in that movie is he a character that you're just like, oh, my God, I, I can't stand this guy. Yeah, like, Freddy Got Fingered came out the same week. Oh, I can't stand that that's, movie. That's probably remembered more because of its just awfulness, but, like, purposeful awfulness. Like, yeah. I was never a fan of Tom Green, but Tom Green went into that movie like, I want to punish the audience. And he did. And he did. And, like, it's not a movie that's fondly remembered, but I think, you know, people of our age, you can say Freddy Got Fingered. They're like, oh, yeah, the sausage movie. Okay. Oh, yeah, I hated that movie. Yeah. This one, on the other hand, yeah, it's not mean-spirited. You know, everything had a good heart behind it, mm -hmm. but it has no purpose for being. No, and, it doesn't. And then the other thing I really liked about it was they're rallying. Like, so there's this whole very odd subplot about smuggling in because the studio is yeah. smuggling in no. something you have to in like. Mick has to figure out what it is because all of a sudden he's a detective, I guess. Because he, he watched, like, CSI once? Yeah, he watched them. But here's the thing. You said that's a subplot. I think that's the plot. But I don't think it, I don't think the plot actually happens until the last 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah, so, like, he gets a job as an extra. Right, because he's going to go undercover. Yeah, and, like, the two movies before it were, like, huge bombs, and so his... Wife, girlfriend, whatever the heck she was, uh, she gets this job as, like, this investigative reporter trying to figure out why they're making this third one. So they go there, and, like, this movie keeps making fun of movies that make bad sequels. I'm like, really, <laughs> yeah. guys? Really? I know. Because it's, it's clearly poking fun at Lethal Weapon. Because it, yeah. it was something like that name. You know, Lethal Weapon, Die Hard, Rush Hour, like, yeah. any of those that had a lot of sequels to it. But... That's, you know, I'm I'm a bigger guy. That's like me going and, like, pointing at some fat guy and making fun of him. It's like, I don't think I have room to talk. Yeah. And Crocodile Dundee 3, you have no room to talk about no. pointless sequels. No, you don't. But, again, that's, that's like the plot that happens in the last 20 minutes of the movie. Mm -hmm. Because up till then, as far as I could tell, the plot was Australian guy from the bush... Goes to L.A., every woman wants to fuck him. Yeah, and it's like, I don't know what scene was worse when him and his um, son are like just out on the, um, <laughs> the beach boardwalk. Yeah. And this girl was in roller skates <laughs> and like knocks into him. And she's like the most hardcore trying to get in his pants. She's like, so, is there a girlfriend? Are you married? Are you divorced? And yeah. then like, she says something and he's, she's like oh, of course you're gay, you know, and there's no good ones around, and just leaves. I'm like... Yeah, and he's like, what? yeah, I'm happy most days. Yeah, it's like, are you gay? Yeah, I'm happy most days. Because, like, I wrote you when I was watching this, I don't think he's a fish out of water. I think he's mentally handicapped. Yeah. Because there's fish out of water, and then there's a I, guy that 
lives in the 21st century at this time that didn't know what a drive-thru was. Yeah, well, and didn't know what else, like if, the gay thing. I'm like, I'm sure he probably would have heard that. I understand he's Australia. He lives in the bush, but I'm pretty sure he would have known what that But was. if you don't know what a drive-thru is, watch this movie because there's like a real-time 17-minute drive-thru scene at Wendy's. <laughs> They, they order the fries by name. They're like, can we have the biggie fries? Yeah, and who does that? Can we have the biggie fries? They don't say fries. They have to the order fries. it by name. I was waiting for them to get Frosties. This was this was only slightly behind Josie in terms of product placement. No, I think it was ahead. I mean, like, the whole scene there in Wendy's, Wendy's is, like, literally... You know, you know, illuminated by like neon lights with the logo smack dab in the center of the screen while um, Mick and Porn Stash Dude talk about getting like six burgers. Can we talk about Porn Stash Dude a minute? Because I'm with you. I thought at first he was kind of Mick's rival bad guy. Because yeah. that's kind of how they play him out when you first meet him at, at Walkabout Creek. And... We gotta talk about that first scene too. Oh my god! <laughs> Go ahead, because oh, that's yeah, just so we we start the movie out. So like you think this guy is going to be the bad guy. So the movie the first time we are introduced back to Mick Dundee, which I think it's been like twenty years at this time since the second movie was out. I think so. So oh, he's back. So he's in a boat and he's trying to get a crocodile, and the crocodile outsmarts <clears> him because, like I said, I think there's something wrong with Mick. Well, Mick and only it, has a little tiny lasso, and the yeah, crocodile's huge. <laughs> and so his boat breaks, so he climbs up this branch. Yep. And then this guy that you thought was going to be a rival comes and does the same thing, and Mick's like, hey, how you doing? He's like, hi, how you doing? And they're just, like, very just cordial to each other. And he's like, don't do that. And then the other guy's boat breaks, <laughs> and they both are in the tree, and then the tr like people come – and they're like, what are you guys doing in the tree? And they're like, make, I guess it was some sort of joke. And then the tree branch breaks and they have to swim away. But notice they don't have to swim the very scene far. Ends. Yeah. And well, we've never, we never mentioned this again. It's not even that the scene ends. Yeah. It's just that that's it. It's ne it never comes up again. That scene literally served no point other than to show that Mick Dundee is now a bungling old man who can't catch a crocodile. And was it supposed to be funny? Was it supposed to be charming? I think it was supposed to be charming. I don't know what this scene was supposed to be because it's just nothing. I think it was supposed to be charming. I don't think it was, but it was supposed to be. Yeah, because that's the thing with this movie. There's not one joke that's funny. There's not one time I chuckled, I laughed, no. I smiled in this movie. No, there's nothing all that funny about it. On purpose. Now, I did laugh when like the woman tried to... like marry him right at the point on the boardwalk oh, and yeah. then the, and then um the dude's teacher was literally having an orgasm when oh she saw him and her friend <laughs> and his friend yeah like so let, let's just hit on that subtopic i, I kind of joked about it but what is it about mick dundee that every woman he met wanted to get in his pants whether it was the chick on the boardwalk the son's teacher uh, it, it, people at the parties it didn't matter everybody wanted in his pants yeah everybody wanted to sleep with crocodile dundee i mean 
he looked good for being 60, but he was still a 60-year-old man wearing a crocodile hat. I, I'm 42, and I don't, I don't think I could pick up women like he does. And if I, if I dressed like him, I know I couldn't. But if you produced and helped write a movie, you could make everybody in that movie do this. That's true, you could. And I think that's part of it. It's like, he got a, he got a chance to produce and write this movie, and he's like, you know what I'm going to do? Everybody's going to want to sleep with me. That's part of the shtick. Mm-hmm. And Porn Stash Dude. His and Porn Stash Dude. Rival that actually was his friend, and maybe they're related? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Porn and Stash like, Dude made more sense. So, like, in the beginning, Crocodile Dundee's just supposed to be watching his kid, who I thought the kid was going to have some sort of purpose in this. Like, I thought it was going to be, like, this bonding thing between him and his son. No, that son disappears for 10, 15 minutes on end a lot. That son, there was a couple times as I was watching the movie, that son reminds me of Carl from The Walking Dead in the early seasons, where you just kind of go, oh, where's, where's the son? Where where did he go? <laughs> he just pops up again. Yeah, and because that's what that, the old joke in the early seasons of The Walking Dead was. They would say, "Where's Carl? Oh, he's in the house, but he was never in the house. He was off doing something, and he'd show up again somewhere." Yeah, and that, that's that's pretty much it. But like they, you could tell the writer and like the directing and everything. They're trying to make this thing where it's like um, Crocodile Dundee's wondering if he's going to follow his dad's legacy or his mom's legacy. Yeah. And it's supposed to be this big thing, but you keep forgetting the son even exists. Do you know the kid's name? Yes. And only because at the end, is he going to be Michael Dundee or Mick Dundee? So he, cause he says something uh, okay. like he's Mick Dundee jr. Now because they got married at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the only reason I know if it wasn't for that scene at the very end of the movie, I'd have no clue what his name was. And that kid had no characteristics of himself other than he was their kid. Do you know what I thought was going to happen? I honestly thought the kid was going to be a plot device. Like he gets kidnapped by the bad guys or something, you know? No, like they, he they tries didn't to. Care to do they that. didn't do anything. Like he, maybe, I was thinking maybe, you know, he tries to take in the, in the footsteps of his dad and he gets caught by these, what were they, art thieves? Yeah, art thieves. Yeah. Because I lost track. I was like, okay, so what are they smuggling? At first I thought it was going to be guns. Then I thought it was crack. And then it was art. Yeah. Because they found real art and they're pretending... It's the most... It's the weirdest thing. Yeah, and it's like the most um, convoluted scheme ever. Yeah. Okay, so we got this real art, but we're going to pretend it's fake. And we're then we're going to get the fake art and blow it up. So then they think it's gone, but we actually smuggled it. Yeah. I mean, the I... only way it would have been better is if they would have had an in-movie, um, like, bad sequel inside the movie. And instead of smuggling paintings, it was for tax fraud because of all Paul Hogan's... <laughs> problems after this <laughs> no joke um but, so but like then like after i watched the movie I'm like i should go back and see if there's like nice vases or paintings in this and then we understand why there's a crocodile dundee 3 so crocodile dundee 3 the whole plot is he he actually is smuggling that art <laughs> but he, he yeah. writes it into the plot to make it look like he's not and poor jonathan banks oh right I mean, I mean, like, he's a, like, very well-respected actor, especially now after Breaking Bad and Better yeah. Saul and everything. But he's in this movie playing a bad Russian heavy with a horrible oh accent. Oh, gosh. And he, you're right. He wasn't even a good bad Russian, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? It was yeah. just a, 
I don't want to say it was a bad performance because that gives credit to the script. There was no, there was nothing he could have done. Nothing. You you put Tom Hanks in that role and you're like, Oh, poor Tom Hanks. (laughs) But yeah. So like getting back with the son though, they give him one scene in the school, which was utterly pointless where there's a rat. (laughs) (laughs) There is a giant ass rat in this like nice LA school because um, the house they're staying at because the wife's or the mother's parents were like this newspaper conglomerate <clears throat> owner. Mm-hmm. So they're staying in this nice house. So they're in this nice school. And he's like, do you get, do you hear that squeaking in the back? He picks up a stapler, I think. Yeah. And like, and it chucks it? it at the rat and then picks up the rat and everybody's like, ew. But like the boys are like, he's my best friend. End of scene. Yeah. <laughs> And, and also, he chucks this stapler at the rat, and they're like, you killed it. And he's like, no, nah, my dad told me never to kill anything. I just knocked it out. I'm like, you threw a stapler at a rat. Yeah, no, he's fine. <laughs> well, that probably didn't kill him because the rat was King Kong size. It kind of was. It was The rat was exactly what you would expect to see from a prop rat. Yes. But then, you know, so like, porn stash dude. Oh, um, yeah. Who's his friend and everything. So, what the hell was his in, name? Porn stash, that's just what I call them. <laughs> I'm going to look it up, but keep going. But, you know, so uh, Mick is originally just babysitting the kid while they're in L.A. And, like, that was the other thing. There was no, like, oh, I don't want to go to L.A. Okay, I'll do it for you. He was just like, yeah, let's go to L.A. Yeah. Did you notice? That? I did. It, it, there was no, like, the there was no discussion. Like, oh, okay. It was just like, okay, take the job. And, and he's like, or she goes, like, what are you going to do? And he's like, I'll just come with you. Yeah. Oh, okay. By the way, the, the nope. friend's name is Jacko. Jacko. Okay, yeah. Jacko. But no, like, m- scene of purpose? No. The, like, thing? So, anyway, Jacko is apparently his friend because after he was babysitting, after he was watching his son, and then he has to go be an extra to get the plot going, I guess, he's like, yeah, we'll, we'll get a nanny. So then Jacko comes over. And Jacko just shows up. I don't know who hi- who paid his ticket. No, he just shows up. Because well, they're they rich. They have money. But he shows up, and he's supposed to be watching the kid. And there's one scene where he's with the kid because of plot. And like then Jacko sees the uh, teacher who then has a second orgasm Yeah, in the movie. Yeah. But then every other scene with Jacko in it, the kid is not there. It's no. Him well, as a Rick. matter of fact, there's one scene where he shows up. Jacko shows up. I'm just, you know what? Pornstash is a better name. Jacko is the yeah. name of a clown. Um, there's one scene where Pornstash shows up, and Mick goes, "Where's my son?" And he goes, "Oh, he's with his teacher. Don't worry, I drove her car." Yeah. And I kind of sat there and went, "Oh, is that a? Are you making a sex joke? Did you have sex with the teacher in front of the kid?" <laughs> Who knows? This kid's gonna be a serial killer. They should make another movie now. And the son is like some sort of serial killer because of this like weak experience in L.A. where he's killing rats and they just <laughs> everybody leaves him to go like yeah to the studio at night. I'm like, who is watching the kid now? It's like and, two o'clock in the morning. And here's the other thing, I'm I'm just gonna be flat out honest here. Linda Kozlowski is a deadbeat mom. Like yeah. she's she spends no time with the kid, even in the beginning of the movie, all the way through the movie, she spends no time with that child. And that's her biological no. child. I mean, it's his too, but you know, it doesn't no, make any sense. Not 
They're just like, whatever. I don't care. It's so then, the kid has no point. So then at the end, um, the bad guys capture the girlfriend and Jacko. And <laughs> Paul Hogan, like, he, oh, God, we forgot to talk about how he can communicate with the monkey. Well, yeah, I don't get that part because in the first movie, remember, he did the whole, like, finger thing and he'd stare at stuff and he'd be able to lower mm-hmm. it and make him sit. At what point in maybe it was maybe it was brought up in Crocodile Dundee two and I totally forgot that movie because we got to stay with the 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 canon of Crocodile Dundee universe right yeah but what point did he learn to speak with monkeys but it wasn't even like he was looking at how the monkey was acting it was like he was no. telepathically linked to this monkey no he well, bent he in and talked like to it he knows he can do better yeah but he also bent in and like whispered to the monkey. On what to do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, what is going on here? So in like one day, he goes from being just like a bit extra to the animal wrangler on this yeah. bad movie. And I want to know what the plot is because, yeah, it's supposed to be like a lethal weapon thing. But they have a scene where a monkey is giving the bad guy a pop, I guess. I'm thinking that. <clears throat> I'm thinking that's more like a, a James Bond homage. I could see something like that in the James Bond movie. I almost want to watch this series more than Crocodile Dundee 3. I want to see the movie they were making. Yeah. But anyway, so we get to the end, and he's an animal wrangler now because he's supposed to be helping with this monkey. And at the end, he doesn't have a gun. The bad guys do. But know what he has? Lions. Yeah. And they're like, put your hands down. And he's like, I can't put that one down because he's doing his little finger thing. And he's like, if I put that one down, he'll come down and get you. But he had numerous lions. Yeah, then the mom came out, and he's like, oh, here she comes. But where did he get the lions from? I don't know. I don't know, because here's the thing. Well, he was on the jungle... I'm just going to call it the Jungle Cruise set, because that's kind of what it was. Yeah, they were animatronic, like, snakes that he killed with his knife. But where'd the real lions come from? Outside of cages. And, like, did he just let them out of the cage? I Who's guess. Put these things back in the well, cage? he will. He can do it with his little finger thing. But how does he know how to control lions? Because he's in Australia. Well, lions and crocodiles are the same. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's it's baffling to me because here's what gets me about that last scene. What was going to happen? Like. That scene had a chance to go very, very, very dark when the lion's just like, eh, fuck you, Mick, and just tears everybody to pieces. Yeah. And then the mom comes out, and she's just like, yeah, I'll do this too. Like, he gets in the cage. So they all get in the cage, except for the one guy who's outside. He's like, I'll take my chances with the lions. And what happens to that guy? Like, I don't understand what happened. Did the lions just leave? I don't know. How long were they in the um, cage for? They didn't have cell phones, it didn't look like. No, I don't think they did. Although, the Bushman at the very beginning, remember the black uh, Aboriginal Bushman? Oh, yeah. He had a cell phone. <laughs> you see, the black right. Abri- the, the Bushman at the very beginning is the only person in the entire movie we see with a cell phone. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what happened in that last scene. I don't know. Because yeah. the climax is they all get into the cage so the lions don't tear them up. And that's the end of the scene. And then we're back, and that, now we're at their wedding. Yeah, then, then we're at the wedding in Australia, so did Somewhere. they go back to... I don't know. Is like, she not going to run the family business? I have no clue. It, does, it doesn't like, make any sense. 
Yeah, no conflict at all in this movie. <clears throat> there was no conflict None. resolution either. No, there's just nothing. There is nothing that propels this movie. It's just things happening that aren't amusing. I felt like each scene was not linked to the scene before it at all. It was just individual little things. Like, and, the Wendy's oh. thing made no sense. It, it made no <laughs> sense. Well, you see, you go to this uh, thing, and they give you the food, and then they get, like, eight hamburgers? Was well, that but, supposed to be funny that they're eating so much? But here's the thing. It's not even that they get eight hamburgers. They put, He pulls up, and he's like, uh, yes, there will be four of us dining in the car tonight. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, dude... Except that you're a fat ass like the rest of us and order eight freaking double cheeseburgers. <laughs> Wendy's does not care. The chick in the Wendy's drive-thru doesn't judge you. She is a 16-year-old trying to just make some money for herself so she can get, like, a car. She does not care that you're <laughs> no. eating hamburgers. No, and on top of that, it's Wendy's. I mean, come on now. Um, But yeah, so, like... I I don't know what exactly I'm supposed to say about this movie. Like it's like I, like I said I was with you cuz I'm like I can't hate this movie because it came from good intentions like it was a family film there was nothing it was. bad in it like you could watch this with you know a 4 year old I guess maybe they would like it I don't know no. cuz there's nothing exciting that happens. No. But you know the more I thought about it it's like that's one of the most pointless films I've ever seen in my life. I never understood a moment of that film. And it's like the... So, I don't think Naked Gun is the funniest movie ever. Now, I think it's really funny. Oh, it's it's funny. But, but from, like, the part where he is Polanco, you know, the opera singer, yes. through the whole baseball stuff, that's, I think, the funniest 20 minutes of a movie ever. Oh, it's it's got to rank up there. Because yeah. that is just... That's just... You know, you look at that movie, that's allowing a comedic genius just to go mm -hmm. and let him do things. And, like, the jokes in that are just so fast, like 20 yes. a second or 20 a minute, and 18 of them are hitting. You know, there's oh, yeah. one or two that might not hit as well, but, I mean, they're all just hitting, and they're funny, and they're funny, and they're funny. Or, like, <clears> another example is Some Like It Hot. Everything in Some Like It Hot is funny, and for an hour and a half in that movie, it's just great. This yeah. is the anti-Naked Gunner, anti-Some Like It Hot, because not one joke. And what I don't even know if no. they were supposed to be funny. There was no punchline. There was no punchline well, that just wasn't funny. And that's part of it. You know, you, not only did the jokes not land their punches, I'm not sure they were thrown. I'm not sure they were supposed to be jokes. I don't know. Yeah, like, I, I just don't know what was actually supposed to be funny in some of the parts. Was it supposed to be funny that people are mistaking him for gay in that scene? Was it funny that this, like, 20-year-old wanted to sleep with a 60-year-old? I don't know, because none was of that made sense. Was it supposed to be funny, or is it just, like, how they financed this movie? Well, I think what was supposed to be funny was stuff like um, when he stabbed the animatronic state, uh, snake. And I just sat there and went, that's really not all that funny, because... No, okay, so... Could it have been funny? Yes, maybe given the right circumstances. But the fact that you saw that coming from the instant they mentioned the jungle scene, you're mm -hmm. like, oh, he's going to stab something. And it's set up. Do you, did you bring your knife? No, I only brought my pocket knife. Oh, he's going to stab something. Mm -hmm. And again, how does a 60-year-old Bushman that, you know, 
deals with animals all the time <laughs> mistake the animatronic snake for something real unless he has some sort of mental deficiency. Yeah, no joke. I don't understand him. And sorry, <sighs> reflexes. It's like what? No, it's a fake. You know, I've never been scared of the elephants on the Jungle Cruise in Disney because no. they don't look real. Nope. You know, you go down there, and it's kind of like that that little ride that they're on in the jungle thing. Kind of reminds me of the 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 Kilimanjaro safari at Disney World, where they mm -hmm. always come across and like, well, this bridge up here is known to be rickety, and you're like, oh, this is gonna be fun, and the truck shakes on the bridge, and you know, I'm never scared that the bridge is going to collapse. Because no. I know it's a thing. So, like, again, I would have wanted that kept to go on. Okay, so he thinks everything on this is real. Does he get to the King Kong part and think it's an actual giant ape, like, shaking He's, the tram? Yeah, he scales He scales the tram. He scales out of the tram and attacks the animatronic Kong? I don't know. What would he have done? I, I don't know. I don't either. I think you're right. He's mentally deficient. Nobody is terrified on this tram that this guy that can't tell a real snake from a fake snake took out like a 12 inch Bowie knife and just killed it with, and then like, sorry, reflexes. I'm like, yeah, I'd want you off the tram. I was going to call security for the crazy person here. Yeah, but they just let him go. Again, it's another instance of nothing gets resolved. He stabs mm -hmm. the snake in the head, gets off the tram and walks out. Yeah. And kind of like the dinner party he went to. He's being weird, but everybody just finds him amusing. Yeah. Oh, and they had the whole Mel Gibson oh, thing. Oh, the Mel Gibson thing. Oh, my oh, goodness. Oh, you know Mel Gibson? And then, like, his wife's like, you don't know Mel Gibson. Yeah, Mel Gibson. No, Mel. Yeah, Mel. Yeah, Mel. It's like, okay. How no, many times that joke went on for about six back and forth too many? Yeah. I think it wasn't funny. Back and forth. I mean, it wasn't funny to begin with, but it just kept going on. And it's like, okay, this isn't funny. So, do you think Paul Hogan knew how bad this was, or he's just I don't like, know. this is gold? So, are you asking me if Paul Hogan <laughs> made this movie and sat there and went, this is ahead of its time? This is a bold yeah. movie? No, I don't know. Like, is he, did he think this was going to be as big as the first one? I can't imagine he did. I mean, because Paul Hogan isn't stupid, is he? I don't know. He wrote this, so maybe. He did get caught with tax stuff. Yeah, twice. Twice. I don't know. Because there had to have been some... Well, but here's the, here's the second question. Who at the studios read this and went, yeah, yes, this is it? Yeah, like I'm saying, I think who like who wrote it was felt bad about this, like whoever wrote it with Paul Hogan, and he's like, Okay, guys, they're smuggling stuff in. I'm going to put this in the movie. And nobody cared because they're just doing some sort of <laughs> illegal thing. They didn't even read the script. Yeah. I don't understand what's happening. So, I don't know. Did Did Paul Hogan believe this was going to be something more than it was? Yeah. Uh, like, I just wanted him to go home at night. And, like, he's driving home. He's like, you did it again, you son of a bitch. You made another classic. <laughs> this one's going to be on the top list. Yeah, I, I don't know, because I, you know, now that you mentioned that, I want him, you know, there's that scene where he's in the bathtub, and he can't figure out the remote control. <laughs> Why do you have that in the bathroom, too? Why do you have, like... I don't know. Remote control 
um, shades well, and everything. And I think I think that goes down to you know my comment about mentioning mentioning how he went to New York once. I think that's another way that the movie just tried to beat you over the head with a point. We are rich. Look at how rich we are, and they're smacking you the whole time. You know, we have remote control blinds in our bathtub jacuzzi. Mm-hmm. Well, and here's another thing: the bathtub jacuzzi. Okay, you talk about how he's mentally deficient. He turns on the jets and goes, "Oh, crocodile!" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's in a bathtub. Yeah, he is. Like I said, that's not a fish out of water. No, there's something wrong with him. He's gone senile. There's <laughs> crocodile W4 in like. Retirement. Linda, oh, they did. It's called. It's called Bubba Hotep. He thinks he's Elvis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the. But you know, they wrote that scene, and so like Paul Hogan's like, "Okay, guys, you need me naked again in this movie." And here's how it's gonna be. <laughs> and they're like, "Sir, you're 61 years old. <laughs> Nobody no. needs that." But he wrote it in anyway because he's like, "I'm doing it. Stop mm-hmm. me." Um, and he went home that night, and he's like, you son of a bitch. You pulled it off. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to think that Paul Hogan, every night when he went home, patted himself. He sat down with a glass of bourbon or something and went, son of a bitch, that was awesome. And, like, drank a glass and, and went to bed. Remember how that scene with the teacher, she just wanted me? Comedic gold. <laughs> really? This was, this was as good as it gets. He comes into the studio. He's like, okay, got a new five pages. Uh, Mr. Hogan, sir, this is just you ordering some um, burgers from Wendy's. I'm hungry. Put it in. <laughs> Call Wendy's Does, now. Do you they think, will pay it so much. I was going to say, do you think Wendy's put money into the movie? Or did Paul Hogan just want Wendy's one day? <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so here comes the question. Um, does this film hold up? No, I'm, I'm sure it was terrible back then. I feel bad that it's on Amazon Prime. Yeah, this is a free movie. Like, I you mean, you have to Prime, but you know how on like Disney Plus for like Peter Pan and Dumbo, they're like this movie has some like moments that are racially insensitive. Viewer discretion is advised. Yes, Amazon Prime needs to do something like this. Warning to viewers, there is nothing funny or redeeming bull about this movie. You will just waste an hour and a half of your life and be depressed about it. <clears throat> okay, Viewer so... discretion advice. <laughs> discretion advice. So what's the best scene of this movie? Because here's the big one. I fucking don't know. Is it the, the most memorable scene? It'd have to be the Wendy scene. I mean, that is just... the most memorable scene. Because you and I are still talking about Wendy's. Yeah, it, it has to be that, or I don't know. I think I chuckled the most when, like I said, the teacher was in some sort of orgasmic delight <laughs> when she was, like, she... talking to Mick Dundee in that one scene. Well, and there was the one where she was getting ready because he was going to come back. And so yeah. she's, like, fluffing her hair, and she tugs on her shirt and her to make it tighter across her breasts. And, yeah. and then she walks up to the boy. She's like, is your dad picking you up? And he's like, nah, he's at work. And she's like, oh, oh, okay. And you could like see her. (laughs) She like the air was let out of her because she doesn't get to bang this 60 year old Bushman. But then porn stash comes. (laughs) Porn stash comes and right right back where it was. She's right back there. She she's ready to go. No, I think the best scene I'm going to go with. I mean, 
It's got to be Wendy's because everything else is un- everything else is forgettable. Yeah, and like best is definitely in quotation. Oh yeah, yeah no, that's not a great scene. It's a horrible scene, but it's the most memorable from this particular movie. But then now comes the real question: What's the worst scene of the movie? All the, of it. The other Just... hour and thirty minutes. <laughs> Let's. I mean, like, there's so many good choices for this. The scene where he's just in the bathtub for like three minutes for no reason um him communicating with the monkey the whole dinner party well the dinner party Um, for me it's 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 the girl on the beach on the boardwalk i mean again we're picking hairs here because every scene in this movie is bad but that's horrible there's anytime there's a scene between him and his girlfriend, who's actually his wife in real life, dude. There's a and they have absolutely no chemistry together. There's like a freaking monster on the screen. What the hell? Oh, it's Ed is there. <laughs> Ryan's cat just popped up in front of it, in front of the camera. Yeah, he doesn't have personal boundaries. No, but yeah, I any t- I think I think the worst scene of the movie is anytime the camera's on. <laughs> yeah, but if I had to go with one, I'd say the opening. Yeah, with the, the with the crocodile that goes well, nowhere. I didn't give that my worst scene because as I was watching it, I was hoping that would become something or be charming or something, and it wasn't. But the <laughs> the scene with that woman on the boardwalk was that was painful. And he even they even tried to make it funny with the boy who's like, "Yeah, but she's got a nice ass." Yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, she fun. does." And I'm going, "Oh my god!" Yeah. You just feel bad for that actress too. It's like that's, it's like I was in a movie once. What were you? I was really horny after McDundee. Yeah, and that's all it was. And I, then I was kind of homophobic, I guess. I mean, this. I guess, I mean, she wasn't. I don't know was she. I don't think she was homophobic. I think it was more of a comment about all the good ones are gay. I don't think yeah. that's homophobic per se. I think maybe that's homophobic from Paul. I think that's homophobic from Paul Hogan. Yeah. But not that character. She's just like, whatever, you know, they're gay. The good, the good looking guys are all gay, you know? I mean, do you think she had like a marriage license, like in her, like, Oh yeah. Go-go shorts. Yeah, no doubt. And, that, and that's just what she does. She just goes up and down that boardwalk trying to find anybody to marry her. Yeah. She might be one of the saddest characters in the movie. Saddest character in anything. She belongs in like a Bellatar film. <laughs> yeah, she really does. Um, so, oh god, these are the rest of these questions that we always do. Who's the champion of the film? I think it, here's here's my answer before you go. The champion of the film for me is the son because he gets off camera as much as he can and doesn't come back. <laughs> can I give it to Wendy's again? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Fries yeah, I was gonna say you gotta be very specific. You've got to give it to Wendy's Biggie Fries. Yep, Wendy's Biggie Fries, <laughs> the champion of that film. Honestly, we spent as much time talking about the Wendy's Biggie Fries as we did about the movie. Um, yeah. Uh, would it do well today? <laughs> no. <laughs> it, it's free on Amazon, and I doubt anybody knows it. <laughs> I didn't. Until we had to watch it, I didn't know it was anywhere. Yeah, the only reason I knew it was, like, on Letterboxd, you can see where stuff is. And I'm like, oh, okay, good. It's on something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And that way we don't have to pay for it. Which we'll we'll switch to around. Would you pay to rent this movie? No! 
No, I, I saw it for free. I want my hour and a half back. <laughs> it's an hour and 39 minutes start to end of credits. And I and don't like, I don't need I want that back. And I watched it while grading paper. So it wasn't like I was giving it 100% of my attention cuz honestly, you don't need to. No, I watched it while I was working. I had it up on yeah. my second screen and I was doing yeah. my work and I was just yeah. So it's not even like I gave an hour and a half of this movie to like out of my life because I was actually doing my work at the time, grading papers, doing stuff like that. Right. But I still want that time back. <laughs> I want to go back and watch something different while grading it. This, right. No, it would, I would not pay for it. I would pay for it to go away. I would pay Amazon the typical seven ninety nine rental fee or whatever if they mm-hmm. take Crocodile Dundee in Los Angeles off their platform. Yeah. No, I want them to put the viewer discretion advice. That would be a better way to do it, yeah. And then the final question, who would you recast in the lead roles? No. (laughs) (laughs) This does not need to ever be remade. My answer is I wouldn't even cast anybody to begin with. This movie should not exist. Can we go back and forget about going back in time and like stopping Hitler? Let's go back in time and stop Paul Hogan, like nineteen ninety nine. Well, I will admit, I was, I was pleasantly surprised by Linda Kozlowski because I, for some reason, I thought she had aged mm, poorly, and she hadn't to that movie. Mm-hmm. So, she, so she did fine. I feel like she actually tried in the movie. I mean, she had to have known what it was. Now, wasn't there something like a few years ago that Chris Hemsworth was trying to remake Crocodile Dundee? No, wasn't that um, wasn't that the joke about? Oh my gosh, who was the joke that they were making it again? You remember that? And then it was wasn't it like a Super Bowl ad? Yeah, it was an ad for something, but it wasn't Hemsworth. It was I don't remember who it was. I, I want to say it was Chris Hemsworth. It might have been or. Chris Pratt, maybe? Or somebody like that. No, it had to be Hemsworth because he's Australian. Well, yeah, but I don't think that matters anymore. Um, <laughs> yeah, so when I when I did see that, I remember that ad, though, and I was like, oh, God, no. And now that I've seen this movie again, mm-hmm. that oh, God, no is even stronger. Please never make another Crocodile Dundee anything ever again. Or a remake. Yeah, no. Just don't do that either. Although, you know what's scary? Honest to goodness, I can see a remake of this film in the next 20 years. Uh-huh. Of the Crocodile Dundee movie. Yeah, it was Chris Hemsworth. Was it? Okay. Yeah. And um, why can't I think of his real name? Kenny Powers. Yeah. Um, oh, my. He's Kenny he Powers. He was in it, too. Yeah, okay. I know who you're talking about because he was also in Vice Principals and... Yeah, and all those. Yeah, all but, those movies. Yeah, so like... But yeah, please don't remake this. We I don't think we need another Crocodile Dundee. Just watch the first one if you want to. But I, I don't know why you'd want to do that. I kind of do want to. Because I have this question of, was the first one good? Or, or similar to many other things that we had from our childhood, we've talked about real Ghostbusters before. Mm. <clears throat> is it just a memory that is good? And when we go back and watch it, we're like, holy hell, what was that? Yeah. And maybe I just want to leave it at the memory of it was good. And I enjoyed yeah, it. I don't want to go back and besmirch your... Cro- I think our Crocodile Dundee memories have been besmirched by this, though. <laughs> it kind of has been by this movie. I will admit that. Um, <clears throat> I, there's nothing else to say about this movie. 
Seriously, just don't watch it. Just, just don't you know. watch it. I mean, if you want to <laughs> torture you yourself. On, with the description, be like, if you watch these movies with us, please don't. Please don't <laughs> watch this one. to the podcast. <clears throat> you can just listen to this episode on the podcast and and not have to worry about watching this particular movie because you aren't missing anything. And an hour and a half later, you'll go, well, I wish I had that hour and a half left back. Because there's bad movies that I enjoy watching. Yes. This was not one of them. No. And let's make that kind of clear. You're right. I, you know, one of our, one of the movies we always talk about is Jim Cotta. Jim Cotta is a horrible movie. I love Jim Cotta. Yeah. I love Jim Cotta. It's bad and it's good. You know, people will rip on Army of Darkness because it's not a great movie, understandably, but it's fantastic. I love Army of Darkness. This Street is... Fighter Legend of Chun-Li. That movie's so awful, it's enjoyable. Yeah, that movie's a good example of a movie that doesn't have redeeming qualities, yet somehow is still fun to watch. Yeah, this movie belongs with <clears throat> um, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and Van Helsing in that like turn-of-the-century just crap that I saw and forgot about it and don't ever want to remember. I remember Van Helsing very well. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, I've blocked probably 95% of that movie from my my consciousness. Sean Connery is dead now, rest in peace. Yeah. And that movie was his last <clears throat> movie and the reason he retired. Yeah, and that says something. Well, he made the Avengers where he dressed in a teddy bear like two years before. Yeah, he, and that's what I was about to say. He could have stopped at the Avengers and he thought, I'm going to give it one more shot. Yep, this League of Extraordinary Gentlemen will be good. And he went with League of Extraordinary Gentlemen and went, nope, I'm done. He peaced out. <laughs> yeah, or as the kids say, he yeeted out of there. Speaking of yeeting, did we talk about the Bobcat video? I think we did yesterday at the food truck yeah. thing. God, that, that's so good. <laughs> if you, okay, okay, here's the thing. Don't watch the hour and a half Crocodile Dundee. Watch the two and a half minute... Or not even, like a minute. 45 seconds. Yeah, watch the one minute Bobcat video. (laughs) It's going around Facebook right now. Watch that instead. It's a Bobcat. And then just shot puts that thing across the room. (laughs) And then then the Bobcat's all, he squares up. He's like, let's go, bitch. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you're going to shot put me. Let's see what I can do to you. (laughs) And and that's the thing. It's like, I don't care who's with me, whether it's you, my family, my, my friends. I don't care. If there's a Bobcat... My ass is in the car like, huh, like, Ryan, get in the car, get in the car, goddammit. And I'm not helping, I'm running. Yeah, what I always say is, I don't need to be faster than the Bobcat, I just need to be faster than you. Yeah, I can trip you and keep running. Yeah. But it does, uh, just the way that, the, oh shit, it's Bobcat. He just tosses that thing. <laughs> Like I was telling my daughter, I wanted it to like record scratch when it's in the air. And be like, no, just like, you might wonder how I got here. To tell you that story, we have to go back to the beginning. I want to know where it came from to begin with. Because it was just all of a sudden on his wife's back. Yeah, I think it was under the car. Oh my God. Oh, that was, I mean, I'm watching it because to me it's hilarious. But to live that circumstance, that would have been terrifying. That was a terrifying 45 seconds. But, like, the other thing that's so good with it is it's such a jovial beginning. He's got, like, his coffee, and he's talking about, let's go get donuts. And, like, this 
I don't know where <laughs> oh, they are. I'm saying somewhere down south. Yeah. And like it's so nice and like peaceful. And then it just <laughs> turns on a dime. Oh, it really does. And she's like, it's on me. It's on me. And I think when he grabbed it initially, based on the way he's holding it, he thinks it's just a cat. Yeah. And then he's <laughs> like, oh, Jesus, it's a fuck. <laughs> he eats that thing across the yard. Oh, we could have spent 54 minutes, 52 minutes breaking down that video and and had more fun than than Crocodile Dundee. So yeah, I'm, I'm I am I'm going to be just like in bed in like three or four days, right before I go to sleep, and then I'll be like, I saw Crocodile Dundee, <laughs> and I'll just get pissed. <laughs> yeah, no, for me it was like I was in the kitchen cooking the other day, and I was like, oh, there was that scene with the tarantula. Where he oh, the God, what was the point I, of I that? I don't know what the scene was. Although I got to thinking about it, wasn't he like they make they make fun of him because he's afraid of, of spiders? He's not afraid of anything else, but he's afraid of spiders or something. I don't know, but just be like, hey, hun, there's a spider on you. Let me get it. Why did he have to be secretive? It wasn't his spider. He didn't put the spider in the house. No, it wasn't like they set up the scene beforehand saying, if I see one more spider, we're moving. Yeah, no, it was just there, and then. Again, it was just another pointless scene that didn't link together with any other scene in the entire movie. God, I hated this movie. I, I, <laughs> I really did. This movie is like on a level of hatred that I don't get too often. Oh, uh, I so <clears throat> we'll end up we'll we'll stop talking about this movie now. So what are we doing next week? Because we're not doing Town and Country because we just can't. Yeah, especially after this, I'd be like, no. I would be like, yes, Steve, you watch that, and then you'd be like, when you want to do the podcast, be like, I'm busy. We're never <laughs> gonna do it. We're never so, gonna do that one. Yeah, no, we're never, we're never even thinking of that one. So I think we had a few different choices yeah. that we might do. Yeah, and and one of the problems is we can't find one of them on any streaming platform, mm-hmm. which was Final Destination, the first one, right? We couldn't find that yeah, anywhere. The first one. Yeah, we couldn't find it anywhere. If you do happen to know where Final Destination streams, you can tell us. You have, like, a few days, because we're not going to wait long. But um, it was funny, because, like, I was looking for Final Destination 1, and it wasn't on sale, but Final Destination 2 was, so I bought that, and I watched that. (laughs) I, you know... It's It's still an enjoyable one. I was going to say, Final Destination is still an enjoyable movie. Yeah. I assume. I I haven't seen the first one in ages. No, it's bad, but in a way that you're expecting it to be. Yeah. There's nothing... I mean, <clears throat> my daughter asked me, is it a horror movie? And I was like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's not... It's supposed to be, but it's not really a horror movie. It, I think it's more of like a... I think, I think a suspense movie is a better way of putting it. Even though there's no yeah. real suspense in it. At least I don't think so there yeah, is. We were thinking about that. We were thinking about frailty. So I don't know if we've actually come up with what exactly we're doing. Yeah, we've got some options, but it's not going to be town and country. Sorry. Yeah, so we're either going to go before 2001 or after 2001, but we'll stay yeah. like in the <clears throat> April area. Yeah, and then we'll get back on track the next week because then we get into Mummy Returns, Knight's Tale, Moulin Rouge, Pearl Harbor. You know, so actually, honestly... Four straight movies that, well, three of the four movies that, frankly, I'm going to kind of enjoy watching. <laughs> I'm like the Mummy Returns. I remember it's half of a good movie. Yeah, it's enjoyable. Like Moulin Rouge, I absolutely love. Yes, a Pearl Harbor's gonna be 
off because well, that's a long movie too. Pearl Harbor's a long movie and it's a bad movie. And but I can't even one, begin I'm, to start the historical inaccuracies in that movie. Yeah, but the one I'm curious about is Night's Tale because I didn't really like it 20 years ago. This is one of those and I'm like, okay, I'm a bigger fan of Heath Ledger now. I really like Paul Bettany, you know. Yeah. Is this, it going to be better? I To me, that's the movie of those four that's going to either be, you know, this is better than I remember and I'm going to enjoy it or I'm going to watch it and go, oh my God, that was shittier than I remember. And I'm going to mm-hmm. hate it. I don't think it's going to be the same as it was 20 years ago to me. But even if I say that, know what else I'll say? What's that? It wasn't as bad as Crocodile Dundee. It Dundee wasn't Dundee. as bad as Crocodile Dundee 3. Yeah, <laughs> that's very true. So uh, so that's what's coming up in the next few weeks. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think we're doing well to stay on track with right now. Yep, so far so good. So far so good. So that's it for Crocodile Dundee lost what? Uh, when he goes to Los Angeles. Crocodile Dundee 3, Los Angeles. Whatever. Screw it. Don't watch it. Don't know the name. Don't care. Don't watch the movie. If you did watch the movie before you watched listen to the podcast, you should have listened to the podcast first and we could have told you not to watch the movie. And I'm sorry that you guys did. Um, we're going to start a um, support group yeah. coming up. Yeah. Um, in the past, we've done some requests as well. So if you have a movie that you want us to do like as a special edition, toss it out there. We can do a special request. Just let us know. Our emails Something are out, out there. there. Someone out there now is going to be mean and make us do like the mockumentary, like Crocodile Dundee Four that just came out. <laughs> uh, I kind of think. Okay, you know what I think. You know what? Just now that you mentioned that, I think Mick Dundee isn't much different than Joe Exotic. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I mean, similar. You know, I'd like to think that's where Mick Dundee wound up. I don't know, but like a movie came out last year that's like the fourth one, but it's like not a Crocodile Dundee movie. It's like introducing Paul Hogan or something like that, but it's pretty much Crocodile Dundee four. Yeah, I remember that movie. So yeah, so we're not gonna we won't do that. Do that. I'm just gonna say why? Why do you hate me? We won't do that, but you can reach out to us and like tell us other movies to watch, but just not that one. Yeah. So. I think that's it for. I think that's more than it for Crocodile Dundee three. I don't have anything else to say about it other than don't watch it. I hated that movie so much. <laughs> All right, and on that, we'll be back next week with something a bit more fun and hopefully a bit more upbeat. So I'm Steve, and I'm Ryan. We'll talk later.